Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. You know, 
the Warriors got knocked out in six games as well. Uh, the the Suns knocked out in six games. That happened, I think, a day a day after our show. So, um, but yeah, listen, Knicks. Um, you know, they got knocked out. Um, at the end of the day, the team that wanted it more won. Uh, the, the Heat uh, came prepared. Spolster's a hell of a coach. Um, the Knicks um, put up a good fight. Jalen Brunson, phenomenal, phenomenal um, playoff and phenomenal uh, season for the Knicks. Um, just too bad he had nobody rolling with him. Um, kind of the same thing that happened with Steph Curry out in Golden State. Um, you know, it was like a one-man band out there. I got to put it in there. But, yeah, listen, um, the next season's over. Um, they overachieved this year. Um, a good season, but a lot of question marks going into the off season. No picks that are coming up because the Dallas Mavericks screw you. Um, take the season so that they wouldn't get their pick. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, the Knicks. It was a tough loss, but you know, there's a lot to unpack. And I don't want to make this a Knicks show because there's a lot to get to TP. But I mean, let's 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 get into it real quick, bro. Wait, don't make this a next show. In the words of, okay, let me do this right. So I'm I'm a I'm a '80s baby. I went to school in the '90s, like like you know, and there was a, a rap song that came out around March 25th, 1997, and it starts off with a comedian named Martin Lawrence, right? And Martin said, and I quote. I got to talk. I got to tell him how I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. And the name of the song was Kicking the Door, Waving the 4-4. So I am kicking in this door. And he's going to say, all I heard was timeless, don't hit us no more, okay? So I won't make this a next show, but they are going to fill it in New York. One, this is a crazy situation. that I send this to people that I know from, like, work and things like that, okay? So one uh, it's May, around January, December, one of the people I work with said, and I quote, Tiz will be fired before the end of the season. I said, yeah, yeah so I'd, love to, I'd love to get that guy's number. <laughs> oh, I, I have his number. We, we, we can talk afterwards, right? Tiz will get fired. <laughs> bet him. I, I, I bet him, right? I bet him, right? One to bet, right? Because I'm like, Tiz is still a good coach. He's not doing that bad. But the thing is, not just only the co-worker that I work with, but a lot of people in the New York area at this time did not like what Tibbs was up to. The Knicks go on a run and start playing good basketball, and everybody started feeling good in New York. Knicks take his back, so on and so forth, orange and blue skies, so on and so forth. The Knicks are doing their thing. But it's like I don't like those narratives when people pick on teams that haven't been successful in recent history or the history that people are up to, but the Knicks are going to Nick. You know what I'm saying? And you don't know which way the story's going to go. The bad part of it is, is their all-star that has been helping carry this load fell asleep at the wheel. And it's like, Julius Randle, when or how are you going to get better? Or not even to say, how do you get better? How do you stay competitive? I want to know where that knack or that bone is. Is it like, does somebody from the Randle family have to come to him and inspire him? Because, if things aren't going his way, he falls out of the game. And it was like Jalen Brunson was there by himself. I don't want to put too much of the onus on R.J. Barrett because R.J. is younger, but you should be able to contribute. The next other guy that was helping, I feel like it was Obi. If Obi wasn't hitting shots here and there, the Knicks probably would have got yeah. crushed and it would have just been the Brunson show. 
I don't think the Knicks overachieved. I think they did what they were supposed to do. They took care of business up against Cleveland. I think they were a better team than Cleveland. Cleveland had the story of Donovan Mitchell, but who else would be there? Like, they had good defense in Allen, Jared Allen, but I'm not believing in Garland at this point. Garland still has to grow. Levert has to give me a full season of good, thorough play. Like, they have names that you know, but I don't think that they're going to carry them through a playoff run. They're not built as a cohesive unit as of yet compared to a Knicks team that has experience. They have a veteran that's sitting on the bench, and I don't know why they're not trying to use him at all like he can't play. So it's just interesting how Tib wasn't able to get this lineup together in the second round. So I feel like the Knicks could have done better, but the one thing about Miami is Miami was playing with a bunch of house money and did not care who they were playing. They felt like they could beat everybody, and they're doing it from beating Milwaukee to now getting to New York, and now look where they are now in the conference finals. So I give the Heat a ton of credit on where they are. The Knicks, I, this is the one thing that I want to throw back at you. Where do they go with Thibodeau? Does Thibodeau come back? How long is his leash? Does he make it through the full season next season? Like, um, what other pieces do you think you need? Is Mitchell Robinson the guy, even though he's a liability at the free throw line? Do they get rid of Julius Randle? Um, you know, there's a ton of questions that I want to ask about the Knicks, but how do I proceed it or not look like I'm the Grinch that sold Christmas picking on the Knicks because I'm well, let's, cause let's I go, do want let's to go question the question. Let's go question the question because that's a lot to answer one one round. I'm <laughs> well, you tell me, you tell me which way you want to go. Right, so, so you are entertained right? at this moment. You are entertained right. at this moment. So you you tell me which way you want to go. You you heard the question. Right, so you can go one by one. Yes, first, right? Okay. I, I always defend Tibbs, and I always get a lot of crap from, from fellow Nick fans and, and people that I know. They they don't think he's a good coach. They think he over, you know, overuses the the he has a short lineup and overuses him, overplays and blah blah blah. But I always knew he's a good coach, and I knew he can coach this team. And you know, him going to the second round didn't change my mind one bit. He's a good coach. He should come back. Even though there are good coaches available, which I want to talk about, I would stick with Tibbs. That's that's my answer. All right. So then the next one was, um, you said Randall or or Mitch, you said Mitchell, right? Mitchell Robinson. Um, I would bring him back. I think he went. He this is kind of one of the few years that he 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 got hurt a little bit, but he was available. I think the last time we were in the playoffs, he wasn't he wasn't there. He wasn't available, and we kind of suffered for it. I think he's a rim protector. I think he needs to get better at the free throws, but you could have said that for Shaq or anybody like that, right? So, um, you know, I think in the fourth quarter, he becomes an offensive liability. So I think having Hartenstein back behind him was really important. But offensively, he, he's, he, I think – if he can play out in the perimeter off pick and rolls a little bit better, I think he's a I think he's a keeper because you got him in the second round and he is a really good rim protector and rebounder. So I think the one thing that I didn't like was he got he you know, he got kind of schooled by Bam and Bam's a good center. So and he got outworked, out hustled. So um that's something he has to go back and figure out, but I would bring him back. Okay, now the Julius Randle situation. I want him gone. I said it with you last Wednesday. I said it with you last Wednesday. I don't like his body language. 
I, I'm tired of his act. I've said it for three years. I, I, you know, ever since the, you know, when he was all NBA, whatever, and then the, the year after that, it, you know, it's not even the year after. It was in the playoffs against the Hawks. He got exposed. He can't, he can't be that guy. And I knew he wasn't that guy when they struck out on Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and then they quote-unquote settled for Julius Randle. I knew he wasn't that guy. But his body language, even though the players on the team love him and they say he's a leader and blah, 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 it's, it's demoralizing when you're down watching your team play and you see him throw the ball away. There was one play, right, TP? I don't know if you saw it. He, he threw the ball away. Jimmy Butler went on a on a two on one or yeah two on one fast break that turned into three and one. He missed the layup. They were fighting for the rebound. And where is he standing at half court watching? Like you threw the ball away. You like that to me epitomizes him. When it's going bad, he sulks, he pouts, and he he he's demoralizing for his team, and, and he just drains the energy. It just it I had enough. Now can I? Realistically, if I was a Nick, if I was Nick front office, trade him? No, nobody wa- would want him. And and I know there's people out there that like um, guys I watch, like CP franchise. He's, he's really good. That that'll say it's hard to replace 24, 25 points and 10 plus rebounds and I guess five assists. The numbers I can find somebody that can plug and play and, and fill that role. I'm looking at a guy that. Just deactivated his Twitter. His wife's going to bat for him on, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. It, it's like he it's like he wants to be here, but, you know, like Tibbs will fight for him. But it's like he's, like, checked out. And, like, I, Nick fans have had enough. I, I, I You can't win with this guy. He's not going to be your number one or number two. This is Brunson's team. If I'm the Knicks, I move on. Realistically, he'll be here next year. And that's interesting because this is the one thing about everything that I see with him is that, uh, you know, more or less you don't get rid of this all-star because of all that, what he's done with this team. You know what I'm saying? And I get it that Brunson has an, had an impressive season this year, but he still has to grow with this team. He's brought in an unbelievable package to this team, but who is it going to be if they get rid of Julius Randle right now? That's the hard part for me, too to look at it like Julius right. Randle didn't do anything that, that impresses me, but it's like, who else? I mean, Obi Toppin is still young. He hasn't gotten that time to get out there and play as much as we right. wanted to or the people that are of New York that want to see. R.J. Barrett, I feel like, and I hate to say this about him, I think he's scared of the New York lights. I think he's scared of the New York wow. lights. As good as he is, I don't think he's ready. You know how people crumble in the pressure of this city. You know it. We live here. The best of athletes right. can't make it out here. Some of the best of them get crushed. They go somewhere else, and they're awesome. They're awesome. This is a big show, big weight to carry on these people's shoulders. So they do have to keep some of the pieces. I I look at a lot of this situation from the Thibodeau on how Thibodeau coaches his team to be better. That's where that is. To me, that's where it lies at. I, I don't know if Thibodeau makes his team better. Uh, I wonder if they were to go after another coach because of all of the coaches that are out there. Do they get rid of Thibodeau and go get another coach? That's the one thing I'm looking at because there's a ton of them out there. There's a ton of coaches out there right now. And Thibodeau style is, you know, defense first all the time, but he had the offense help carry some stuff. But that defense didn't get him through Miami, and Miami was a, a bottom feeder in the Eastern Conference that he couldn't handle being the bigger seat. So 
even if you say they overachieved, they're supposed to do better than what Miami did. And Miami cruised and was comfortable uh, being the underdog in this series. So there's more to this than just Julius Randle. And there's <laughs> the question should be in front of the head of the snake, and that is Tom Thibodeau. Um, do they get rid of him is the question. And that's a big question because uh, – I think the the onus that the management and you know front office like really hold towards Thibodeau. I guess Thibodeau's likable in that that facet. So I I don't know if they pull the trigger. I wouldn't be mad if they kept them. I wouldn't be mad. So the Knicks are in a very fickle situation. I mean, but you know what it is to me, TP. I hear what you're saying, and I and I, I can I see where you're coming from. But Thibodeau wasn't the one out there not hustling. They got outworked by Miami. You saw it, especially I think it was games, game one, game three, and game four, where they were just getting loose balls. Everything that they did right against Cleveland, hustling, getting loose balls, being hyperactive, being aggressive, being the aggressor, punching him in the mouth, they stopped doing it against Miami. I don't know if that's coaching more or less. That's on the players. I don't. I don't know. Like. I, I hear what you're saying, and I hear you with Thibodeau, but can win. If these guys would have popped, they would have won this series. They, 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 they didn't get, like, blown out. Like, you know what I mean? I think it was one game that got blown out. Game six closed up. They only lost by, what, two points. Like, they were right there. They just got outworked. It's 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 frustrating. It's, like I said, it's from the beginning of the season where we were, when we only brought in Jalen Brunson and everybody – Screamed them for it, overpaid for this point guard, blah, 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 was nonsense. This team's not a 40-win team. To be 47 wins and into the second round, yeah, it's a success. It's an overachievement. But to be at the – get out of the first round, not have to face the Bucks, and to lose, yeah, that's an underachievement. I agree. I agree. Okay, so I don't, I don't know how to get better, like – these guys were so they they were the fourth seed, right? Or mm, the fifth. No, you guys were the fifth seed. You guys were the fifth seed because you beat Cleveland game one. So you got they can get better. I, 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 the room is there. The room is there. Uh, if Thibodeau don't show next season, then they got to get rid of him because it's almost like the one of the, the next series and coaches that we're going to talk about is Doc. And I I really felt like Doc was going to get it last year. But they let him stick around. Yeah. But they, they he had to prove himself this season, and look at what happened. So I think he's probably going to get the same expectancy that they're going to want to see him do good. I want to at least say the Eastern Conference Final because I think a lot of people expected Doc to get to Eastern Conference Final or the final to save his job, and um, he couldn't. And they got rid of him a day after the loss. So it's <laughs> it's tough, especially the way the business of the NBA is moving at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think if you can't, they don't have a draft pick. They don't have a lot of cap space. They 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 traded their first-round pick to get Josh Hart. I think Josh Hart, you bring him back because you have his bird rights. You can go over the cap and bring him back. They have to get creative to find 3 and D guys. They have to get shooters. They they didn't have any shooting against the the, the Heat, and it burned them. You know, R.J. Barrett is too streaky, quickly disappeared in the playoffs. He went from six-man candidate to disappear in the playoffs, and then he got hurt and didn't play the last two games. Um, Josh Hart didn't knock down enough shoot, uh, threes. 
you want you want Grimes to develop, but you need shooters. Um, you need shooters around him. I I I would. It's it's Nick's dreaming, but I would do anything and everything possible to trade Julius Randle for Jalen Brown, who's not happy in Boston, the city of Boston, not with the Celtics, the city of Boston. I would even be desperate enough for Cat at this point for Carl Anthony Towns if he wanted out. I would love Dame. It might not work with Dame and Brunson, but you know he's an upgrade. I just just know it's not going to happen. So if it, if that's not going to happen, you need shooters. You need shooters. You need shooters. I I, I need y'all to lose that narrative of Dame and Brunson. These are two guards that are small, and both of them don't play defense. Both of them. It won't sure. work, especially in a guard Eastern Conference. The Jalen Brown situation, it's about to work in Boston, especially if they win the East again. It's, it's going to work. They can't get rid of him, and plus he's going to get a super max. That city of Boston may be in a situation where you're going to see a ton of money thrown at him, but Boston could afford it yeah. because they're a big market. Um, but these guys are successful in making it happen, and Jalen Brown has been the ammunition up there. I don't think that they get rid of him and send him to New York. That's tough. And the last piece of that puzzle is Carl Anthony Towns, in the words of Christopher Wallace on a song called What's Beef, the start of the song goes, ha, 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 like there's no way Carl Anthony Towns get out of Minnesota. One, the money that they just threw him. And two, what Jimmy Butler was saying about him about a year or two ago, calling him a loser. Like, Cat rather be a jump shooter. Cat has one yeah. of the more dominant games and does not want to play the post. He's 6'11", about 270, yeah. He was dominating MB for a little bit when he was in the paint when um, they was going at it and don't want to use it. He's he been shooting with Paul George and rather sit up there and shoot threes like PG instead of you help teams out doing that. Just like Joel and B, both of them rather shoot threes and give the, def- the defense like a breather while they're on defense. I, I, as much as I love Cat's post game, I do not respect his game any longer. So if you want to watch another jump shooter like Julius Randle out of Kentucky, these are Kentucky power forwards. That's what they do. They fall in love with jump shots. <laughs> Anthony Day falling in love with jump shots. This is what they do. This is what. So go ahead. If you yeah. want to, go on. Like they say down south, go on. Go on and get him. Go on. No, I mean, I don't want him. I, I think, like, him or Embiid poses more problems than they do solutions. But, I mean, I think the trade market is going to be huge this summer um, in general in um, the Knicks have to be active to improve their team because I don't see any other place that they can improve. They don't have the cap space and they they don't have a pick. So and they they have plenty of picks. They just don't have a pick this year, this summer. So um, a lot of questions to be asked and a lot of a lot of a lot of headway to go. So um, yeah, that, that's 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 going to be the off season for the Knicks. What? How do they improve? How do they? They don't want to take a step back. They have to move forward, but are they good enough? Do, do they have the wiggle room to to move forward in the in the East with Boston there? The Bucks will be back, and well, we don't. Let's talk about Philly because that's the hot button topic right now. They just fired Doc Rivers. Um, you know, in his second three years um, in, in Philadelphia three Eastern semifinal um, appearances, no Eastern Conference final, no NBA final. He was brought there to get them over the hump after, um, who was it, Brown was the coach before. Um, So I I wasn't surprised 
I wasn't surprised he was let go, um, but I was surprised he was let go. Um, TP, let's unpack the the series. How disappointing it was for them to lose um, after being up. We got a call in a queue. I'm going to bring him in, but up being up like three two, game six in your home building, and then ultimately falling in in seven games after. Game seven in Boston, Tatum just was out of his mind, out of his mind. TP, talk talk to me about it. Okay. Um, I guess I got to save the best for last, and that's the game seven. So people buckle up because I'm going to get very mad. Um, (laughs) You're laughing. You're going to laugh even more because I'm mad. The Philadelphia 76, first and foremost, they should be in the Eastern Conference final because of the opportunity in front of them on game six. You mean to tell me that you're at the comfort of being home, and in this game, you have Tatum held to three points all the way until the fourth quarter, and you guys get relaxed. Harden, you've been to an NBA final before. Like, take control of that team. Don't don't look at it like I've been here and I'm going to tell you guys what to do. No, this is one of those, like, clap up, make it, yo, listen, 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 listen. This is what we're going to do. This is not like, yo, y'all don't know what's ahead of us. Like, not like that. No, you get control of this and take over. He don't have that in him, and I think that's what's going to continue to hold James Harden back. Like, um, until he builds up for the long haul of a season, him and Embiid, that's what's going to hold them back. But that burnt them game six, especially watching, uh, you know, Tatum go crazy in that fourth quarter and scoring, I think, 18 points or 15 points, hitting four threes. Like, he went crazy. And these guys sat up there and watched him shoot threes. This series was your guys' situation. And you guys had two different wins in Boston. So with you not winning at home, not making home a priority because they also had to go into Philly and win, which they felt comfortable enough in doing because they have experience too. Game seven is all on the line. And you guys not only lost that game, you guys got blown out badly. Like, like you guys should not have been there. You guys looked as bad as the Phoenix Suns did last year playing Dallas at home. And uh, you guys are losing by 50 at home. And it's like Booker should have never said anything to Luke. Like, that's how that game looked, right? So, in turn of why I'm mad at the game seven, and I hate to kind of, like, use numbers and money and so on and so forth, I took a prop bet. This is the first time I've ever prop betted, parlayed, right? Everything right. that I hit on prop bet went through. Everything landed, bang for bang. I had seven of them. The eighth one was Jason Tatum scoring under 43.5 points. Wow. Everything else wow. landed except that. Everything else, I'd have had six thousand dollars if that hit. And all I'm like, okay, it's game seven. Philly's gonna play defense. They just held him to three points. I'm like, he could score thirty eight, forty, forty three to four. He had to score forty four. So forty four, that's right. a bit much in a you know game seven. And they just watched him do it. It wasn't even like like he was taking them to the hole here and there, but he was launching threes wide open. Like, he just killed you game six. You guys aren't defending a dude that got hot in the fourth against you while people question if Tatum is really that guy up there. Philly, y'all don't have no moxie, like, no head in the game, and Doc had to go. Doc continued to be in a situation, and something I read today, I read an article in one of my favorite players in NBA history, Folk on 
Doc Rivers because he was on a team with Doc Rivers coaching, and that was Rasheed Wallace. He what series on that? I think that was the Lakers series when they lost to the Lakers. He's like, yeah. let me tell you something. When Doc faces a deficit, he will make no adjustments, and they'll lose. He's like, basically, if they're losing, you can basically put the bread on a team that's playing against the Doc Rivers coach team because they don't have it in them to come back. He doesn't basically adjust or fight the will of his team to go out there and make it happen. He just folds and give up. And that's basically what every team that he's seen, from the Clippers to, I guess, the end of the run with Boston. I really didn't pay attention to it when the Boston situation, because it was more or less I was – you know, living in the limelight of the Thunder finally, you know, going to OKC, you know, so, like, I'm trying to corral myself there. Um, And then looking at what's going on in Philadelphia, for him to – this is an incredible number. He's lost 10 game sevens, 10. I don't think too many organizations are going to jump at going to get Doc Rivers if he has that many game seven losses. That's a lot, especially in – team that he set up with. He had Live City with a good roster with Jamal Crawford, all of these guys. He has this team of Philly that had two different MVPs, James Harden and Embiid, on one roster. Like, they should be able to get something done. They have not made a conference final at all. This is incredible yeah. that Doc was not able to turn this over, especially against a team that was a play-in team. You have the MVP, the, the, the league MVP right now. Forget reigning or prior or previous. The guy is the MVP. Nobody on that floor should be able to D him, and he's relegated to shooting jump shots. You don't even call a timeout after you see a B shoot three threes and say, listen, get on the block or I'm taking you out. We're all going to get hurt. Forget it. You will sit up there and let him keep shooting threes, in which Harden was sitting up there. They had fast breaks in situations where Harden would run away from him and not even try to feed him the ball because it was frustrating. You could see it, and when they would miss shots and stuff, like you would watch these guys walk back up court. Everything was gone. Like the whole, He lost that locker room. He lost that locker room. Right. I feel bad for Doc, but Doc's not a coach in the NBA. He's not. As much as he's a good personality, know how to talk to people, but he can't coach. I'm, I'm sorry to say that about you, Doc, but college may be your thing or back to uh, being an analyst. I, I don't think you're an NBA coach. I mean, I think he is an NBA coach. He's got a chip, and he's got a lot of wins. I just don't think he's going to be that – I don't think he's going to get another job. I, I totally agree with you, and I, I – I think part of the blame probably has to go with Doc because of his adjustments. Because you look at like what Darvin Ham does in game adjustments. You look at Spolstra in game adjustment, figure it out, and it's frustrating. But I gotta look at Joel Embiid and James Harden, especially James Harden. Like James, James gave you two games where you thought you know old James is back, and then Game Six and Game Seven, you didn't show up. You were you looked passive. You look lost. You look tentative. And then Joel Embiid, you're the MVP, and you're complaining after the game, I didn't get the ball. Huh? Demand the ball. Get to a spot and demand the ball. Like, I, you're an MVP. You're six. You're like, you're, the, you're like, you're seven foot. You're, nobody can handle you on the, and you, I think you said it, like, get your behind on the block and dominate. Like, you're sitting out here on the three-point line, trying to shoot three, trying to look like MB, like get demand the ball on the elbow and get to work. Bully him. Nobody on there could have beat you down on the block. So I, I don't want to hear that I didn't get the ball. You didn't demand the ball. You don't think Shaq demanded the ball? You don't think Kobe demanded the ball? Like, what are we talking about here? I, I mean, as much as it is Doc's fault, it's more the players that just 
it's over. It's a joke. I don't know where this team goes, but Maxi needs a bigger role. You, you, you know, you, tr- you, you kept Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. How's that working out? It's, it's a mess in Philly. More than you think, right? Like more than we think. And I, you know, MVP season, no doubt about it. But you didn't, and, and, and you're always hurt. It's the knee injury this year. But every playoff, you're always hurt. Like, and then it's, you know, the cast around you that lets you down, like, you know, Ben Simmons and now James Harden and, and company. But who, still, like, you can't get through you the a most? season. Who, who bothers you the most with their injury? Who bothers you the most with their injuries? Embiid or Chris Paul? Oh, my God. You could set your yeah. watch to Chris Paul. But Joel Embiid, I mean, I guess it would be Chris Paul because, you know, we've seen it time and time again. But Joel Embiid, like, he could never – he came into the league hurt, right? That's like, true. He came into the That's league. a fact. Out of Kansas. That's a fact. Like, I can't – you know, fact. he's never – he's never healthy. Oh. Like, this guy, oh. like, he, he – if 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 you if you if you had like it was like Kristaps Porzingis like you couldn't count on this guy for more than ten plus games like you know and you think by now like you know remember Steph Curry early in his career had the foot problem and he was coming in like, yeah. how many games did he miss since then like some guys just figure it out like like LeBron James he gets hurt now because he's older but he keeps his body in tip top shape so well Embiid. What are you doing, man? Like I, I, I gotta bring a call in, but I, you, you, that's a you, you almost got it. me there because that was a I good question, bro. I, like, I, I know, I know what to cook for you. I know what to cook for you. I know what to cook for you. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I feel. I, it's like at this point with Chris Paul, TP, like you feel bad. Like he's always do we right, get like, there. It's not wait, like damn, bro. There? No, 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 no. Wait till we get there. Wait till we get there. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> burn. I'm gonna burn that whole building down. I'm gonna burn that whole building down. It's gonna be. It's gonna be crazy <laughs> exactly, in a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. We're calling in from the six one five. Another one of our chefs and co-hosts. You know, does the um, does the show with you on Sundays, Mr. Harvey. Mike, what's going on, bro? What's up, fellas? You know. I hear y'all talking about Embiid. I hear you talking about the Sixers, man. And a couple of things, man. Some of that is on the coach, though, to light a fire under these players. I agree. I've been saying this about Embiid for years. Get down on the block in crunch time. If your jumper is not working, get down on the block and score because nobody can stop your big behind uh, down low. But at the end of the day, like, listen, they had game six wrapped up two or three minutes to go, really. Uh, all they had to do was close the show. The only time that uh, Boston really closed the show, and it breaks my heart to bring this up, but I, I just got to. Uh, it was like uh, 123-92 to 92 or something against the Lakers uh, in game six in 2008. And that was the only time he really closed the playoff series and won his chip. But then – once those guys bail for Brooklyn, instead of being part of any rebuild or anything else, uh, he wants to leave Boston um, and go to the Clippers to have a ready-made veteran roster. Uh, that's what Doc decides to do. So, uh, you know, unless, and I don't see this happen because they just let go of uh, Monty Williams, and 
And, and so unless one of these veteran teams want to take a shot on him, I don't think he's going to want to be there anyway. I think he's going to be back on TV, maybe sitting next to yeah. Marv Albert again, like back in the day, um, calling games again. Um, but you look at it, and, and you guys are both right. Other coaches make adjustments. Spolstra, even the guy with the Celtics. As soon as teams start adjusting, you look at Doc, and he looks lost. Like, he just looks like confused. What happened? And a lot of that going on, I, and he can coach a little bit, but he got to have the right roster and whatever to make it work. And I think he understands basketball. I mean, he was a point guard, whatever. I think he understands basketball. But, you know, didn't want to rebuild. And, and once again, I'm not sure, but I still think that the way they went out in game seven, Jason Tatum playing out of his mind, and they went to Boston and just got run out of the gym. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah. It was close the first half, but they got run out of the gym. If they lose on a last-second shot or something crazy or they lose close, I mean, you guys would disagree with me, but there's a possibility he's back. But when yeah, you get beat no, like I agree. That, when, you, when you get beat like that so emphatically, uh, then it's game, set, match, and it's, we got to move on. And you know what? It, it may be a bit of a mess, as you talked about. I agree with you that Max needs a bigger role. We saw him mature some this year. But at the same time, there's still about over half the league that would like to have that mess and to try to figure it out because they're still they got still a good bit of talent on that roster, and they have the pieces to to win uh, if they can get them back healthy. You're right. Embiid came into the league healthy. I mean, unhealthy came into the league broken, and he's missed some time. But um, and so in some ways that bothers me. But he hadn't missed the same kind of time in the playoffs that uh, that Chris Paul had. I said before, water is wet. Chris Paul's gonna get hurt in the playoffs. I mean, you're right. They got slapped around in Boston, like I said. And I think the way they lost kind of sealed (laughs) Doc Rivers' fate. But, TP, like, I'm going to ask you, and you can give me a yes or no. You can go in if you want. But did did the Sixers quit? In game seven, the third quarter. Oh, yeah. It like no, that, that's not even a question. That's not even a question. Did they quit? There was one <laughs> There's one play, I think, in like the third quarter. This was before like it got to 20. And I mm-hmm. think like Harden or MB like messed up. I don't think they got the shot up, but it was a turnover. They both looked at each other. Boss is running the other way. Yo, they didn't even like run or like make an effort to go the other way or jog. They just stride walked. Like, they, they did not care. You two are the faces <laughs> of the organization. Like, you guys did not even commit. Meanwhile, Matthew don't know both of y'all point shaving. Both, he, he running back like, yo, wait, what? This is point shaving? Like, what are y'all doing? Tobias like, man, I'm trying. I got to keep this contract going. You know? Like, they don't know that y'all two up to something. And now at the end of the game, Hart is like, I want to go to Phoenix or Houston? Like, wait, what? Yeah. You're trying you're trying to follow KD now? You want to go to Chris Paul like yeah. you told Chris Paul to get off of the Rockets? You, James Harden, you are officially a clown. Not official, officially. A, like, A-listed clown, period. <laughs> period. And, and, and you can take the rest of the clown show with you from broken down Chris Paul to crybaby Kevin Durant. They all they all look like clowns, all of them, all of them. The reason why I pick on KD is, like, you, you 
wanted to leave to go to another team. You'd rather be a role player than be the guy, but you you want to wear the image of being the guy. I don't get that. And James Harden, you wanted to get your own team. You go to Philly, and you have the bigger personality than Embiid, and then you start crumbling, and Embiid and B starts to take over, and the next thing you know, you don't like that Embiid is the guy, so now it looks like you're jealous of him, and it's not working. So what, you're going to go down and mess up the young dynamic in Houston? And Houston didn't get the pick yeah. to get Wimbiama, so now you're going to be with a struggling organization that ain't going to get a, the pick that you thought was going to happen to be down there in Texas. Um, I don't think he'll ever get a finals unless they put him in front of a, uh, a super team, and that's the only way it's going to happen is if they do go to Phoenix. But how does it work with Chris Paul, Harden, Booker, KD? What's that, the five? Like, like, how yeah. does that work? Like, I, I don't. That's that's a log jam, and and a you already got pissed at Chris Paul. Like, I, just, I don't think that works. They are jokes. They gave up. I don't know who pulled the trigger on getting James Harden at this point because I think Philly will never let go of Embiid until Embiid's body really breaks down and he gets old. So Harden can no. go, but what team goes after you right now? Like, you you're having sporadic yeah. situations of you scoring forties. Like, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, Harden, you can do what you got to do now. Now. You could get the soft nose, big red shoes, and um, paint your face. Because he took a pay cut to stay there, right? He was the he was the generous guy doing his thing, getting back in shape. He wants his money, and he wants that tax free money in Houston. He ain't. Tr- and listen, if if, if Daryl Morley, they should fire him immediately. If if he ever says that, if he goes to management, say, hey, I think we should give. James Harden max money. If he says that, it's like you know what, pack your stuff, you're out of here. But yeah, uh, you, you bring up a point, and I want to ask you too, Mike. I want to get your opinion really quick. I'm watching. I turned the game off. We just got home from um, from from um, Mother's Day brunch with my mother. Uh, shout out to my Dukes and, and my wife and my family. Right, we just got home. Turned the game on, and, and then the, the Celtics start going on a run. So then. Tatum's hitting all the shots. Xavier's like, Daddy, he can't miss. I was like, I know. And then the play that you're talking about, Avery's sitting right next to me on my couch. You know my setup downstairs, TP. She's like, why is he so sad? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm, I'm like, telling you. <laughs> she's like, why is he so sad? <laughs> I'm like, because they're getting their behinds kicked in. <laughs> Steve Austin told people back in the uh, back in the '90s. He said DTA, 
it means don't trust anybody, right? So DTP also, don't trust the process. Because uh, if you trust it and you bet on it, uh, you know, you mess around. Like, like listen, uh, what Steve Harvey said at the Kings of Comedy, Sister Odell said in the church, keep passing around this, you're going to mess around come up short. Like, you're going to come up short. Trust in that exactly. Like, they... It got to the point where the league changed the rules to, to, to discourage that. They put in a, a playing game to discourage that crap. And I'm glad it failed. It failed years ago it, when when Marquez both left. And then because it's one thing to tank, but then you had all these picks and you picked horribly. The guy that dropped a 51 piece and a biscuit on you is the guy you traded back, you traded up to get both instead of him. How's that process? The process is having a better front office. The process is, is identifying talent. That's your process. I mean, the Golden State Warriors, the, the guys that they put on this team, none of them are top five picks, okay? Steph Curry was what, number seven, eight? Um, Clay Thompson. Uh, I mean, Green was a second rounder. It's second about round. identifying talent round. and developing. Round. Yeah, it's about developing your talent, not just taking, getting the number one pick and picking whoever you think is the best guy. That those those players did not fit together. Process is the process is a joke, and and, and that's in, in Philly fans. I feel bad for them. you. Know what I mean? Honestly, I, I mean Philly. I I hate the Eagles and stuff, but there's no fan base that should have to go through that. And then get to this point and they can't get out of them. They can't get out of the semifinals. It's a joke. <sighs> Calling number 19-947-2759. Go ahead, Mike. No, and I mean, at the end of the day, like, just as, as a point, I'm, I'm kind of glad it didn't work, but everybody knew that had any kind of brain in their head that once they missed the playoffs, I don't care what the odds said, the San Antonio Spurs were going to end up with this pick. Oh, we, we'll get there. I've been saying it for you. We'll get there. We'll get there. But, yeah, it, it, the fix is in. It's the fix. It's the fix. It's the fix. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that oh Scarface album. One of my favorite oh Scarface boy. albums, the fix. Um, <laughs> but uh, TT, going on, 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 on the Suns, getting knocked out in the in the second round in the semifinals, and then subsequently Monty Williams losing his job. Um, who, where do they go from here? Does does Chris Paul, what do they do with him? Um, they got a lot of work to do in Phoenix. I grew up as an 80s child. This sitcom came out like the 70s, early 80s. And the song starts off, Bees don't burn in the kitchen. I don't know if y'all heard that song, but I'm from that era. You know, I'm from that era. But it's going to burn in this kitchen. Do you hear me? It's going to burn in this kitchen, like like Usher, burn. It's, it's going to burn. Y'all got it bad, okay? So you mean to tell me this all started around 2021. These guys losing the finals, and Monty Williams going at it with DeAndre Eaton. They don't have cohesiveness. They're going at it back and forth, the coach and the player. Who do they go with? DeAndre Eaton can't take it too much more. He's like, get rid of me. Monty's like, go ahead. Management is like, no, we're keeping him. He's a good cornerstone big, which is true, right? So now they try to make this thing work. Chris Paul's aging, but he's still a good table setter at times. Well, no, I can't say at times. He's still he's still a good table setter, but reliability is, like, huge. Like, they can't really rely on him, but they have him there. And then the melee starts happening in Brooklyn, 
enters Kevin Durant, but they get rid of a huge chunk of this team. Now, here we are. You have a ready-made roster that was doing well as they were, but to get Kevin Durant is similar to what the Thunder did to get Paul George. They got rid of great pieces to bring in a big name that excites people, can put butts in seats, but when do they prove it? And uh, Kevin Durant is now going to be 35 in September. So he's getting up in age, in which he said about seven, eight years ago he wanted to quit at 35. I doubt he retires. But nevertheless, Kevin Durant rather be the role player instead of being that guy. Yes, Devin Booker, that is his team, but who's the better player? Is Devin Booker better than Kevin Durant? Is he? So you're letting this happen while you're watching Devin Booker take all the shots. You're getting cold to when you get the ball, you're shooting erratically, and this isn't working for you. So, Monty, when do you see this working out? When does one of those timeouts come and you let KD go on a barrage? Not every time you guys come down, Booker take a shot, Booker take a shot, Booker take You got people playing theater basketball. Meanwhile, you're so focused on arguing and, and putting DeAndre Ayton down, I think this is breaking that team down. And for you guys to lose again on that home floor speaks volumes. Still till this day, I lost a friend. I'm not going to lie. I lost a friend, Mike probably remembers that he might not, about how I looked at Monty Williams' coaching style. When they lost that final to Milwaukee, he went in that locker room just to see them pop champagne and say, you guys deserve this. Crowd of you guys, congratulations. What coach in NBA history has ever done that? Like, I don't know that. Like, I get it that that's probably – one of the more noble things that you do, but you don't you don't do that to your team that's sitting there. I feel like that team, that locker room was like wishy-washy. He really had no real grasp of that team, but he has a good amount of talent. I don't think that may have been the move for Phoenix. I think Phoenix pulled the trigger too quickly, but Monty Williams was never the guy at this point in time. What coach do you put there? Who, Nick Nurse? Like, Nick Nurse ain't there no more? Like, who do you put there? Uh, who, Doc Rivers? Doc isn't going to go down there. People will laugh if you brought Doc to Phoenix. Like, what coach do you put there? Like, this is a tough situation that you're going to have to figure out on the fly. It's May now. That season turns around in October. So five months, you have to get a coach there, implement a system, get them guys there uh, to start the season off. It, it's a work in progress while, these teams are, while this team is one of the better teams in the Western Conference. I don't understand what the front office is doing. It's, this is already, already in disarray from ownership down. The ownership before the guy that was there uh, that got to the melee with Jokic was having Sarver. He was having some race issues, so on and so forth, on down. This whole organization is a shamble, and um, I don't know how it gets better. Uh, and while the West is getting younger, a lot of young guns, and they're, the Suns are now the hunted, it ain't going to be fun because these guys are older now. Except Booker. Booker's a young gun and going to be by himself, and you tell me when Chris Paul stays healthy. This is this is terrible what the Suns are up to. I'm I'm cooking right now, and um, what, what other guy – on that bench makes it happen for them. Who campaign? That's a laugher. Like Shamit was missing. <laughs> Shamit was missing key shots. Like they have no big behind DeAndre Ayton. That's why they lost. They they had Lansdale. Yeah. Like have you ever heard of Lansdale? Like like honest. Like you really thought yeah. this guy was going to come in here and do something uh, against Jokic? Like what? Like you you guys didn't manage this at all. Like nobody else did. Said hum, if Ayton gets in foul trouble. Who are we going to put in? Like, even in the finals, I have Frank to take. Frank Kaminsky, what? Like, what are you? Okay. Son, you're done. <laughs> you're done until you bring somebody else there. I get it. Booker's had barrages of him scoring crazy. And he had a good amount of 40-point games that he's putting together, and it still won't enough. It's still not enough. 
Make it enough right. is what Smokey Mother said on Friday. Make it Make enough. It enough. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. Hey, look, really. Yo, but seriously, TP, um, if I'm the Suns, the first thing I'm doing is I'm training Aiden. I'm sorry. He 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 got abused. He got a he like literally like he should call the cops on the Joker because he was abused. Like that was that was ridiculous by how embarrassed he was in this series, and, and it's not the first time that I've seen Aiden get embarrassed in the series. It's like, dude, you're you're you want you want to command a big salary, but you always come up small. Like you, and you're you, like you're, they needed you to be that dude, and you just refused to be. And then it comes, oh, he's injured. He got an injury. He's battling. Okay, whatever, dude. I, I can't with them. They, they gutted that. I feel like he gave up on Monty. I, I feel like he gave up on Monty Williams. I feel like he gave up on Monty. I, I don't really think it's a situation. Every center can't deal with Jokic. Jokic, he's beating up on Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had a 40-point night. He was giving Anthony the, one of the best lines I've ever seen in basketball with 34-21 and 14. He's he going crazy on anybody. I can't put that against Aiden, but um, if Aiden leaves, Phoenix is done. They're they're at the bottom yeah. of the West. I don't care if KD up That's there, Chris Paul, or 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 Booker. They gonna need Jesus himself. They need Jesus if if, if they get rid of Aiden. If Aiden go, they need Jesus. They don't I, have no big. I get rid of. Him. I would get rid of him. I don't care if he quit on Monty Williams. I'd get rid of him. The, the dude, he he he, dude, he's 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 all talk, man. He's he is not. Well, he he just. Doesn't come up big when you need him to. I, I know it's against Jokic, but he did that in the other playoff series. This guy's a bum, man. I'm sorry. He, he he's not that. He, he's the number one pick. He was the number one pick, wasn't he? He was. He was. But let, let me tell you something though. Beans don't burn on the grill. Took a lot of trying just to get up that hill, and they did a lot of that. And then. They took away. They took a lot of that trying that they did, and flushed it down the toilet to go get Kevin Durant. Yeah, you saw you saw Michael Bridges uh, play well with Charlotte. They weren't going to win that. Uh, I mean, with the Nets, they weren't going to win that series. Uh, but you saw him compete. Listen, Phoenix would have given anything to have his scoring uh, on the wing in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, like. You just you mortgage your future. TP and I on Sunday morning talked about this. This team doesn't have depth, and in an era where the West is continuing to get stronger, where the Lakers actually look like they've done some things to fix their roster, where Denver ain't going anywhere, you got Joker and you got uh, you know guys younger guys like listen Porter starting to grow up and Murray they're not going anywhere. This is going to be a tough, tough track. Oklahoma City's not going anywhere. They got a bunch of young kids and got to get some people healthy. It's going to be a tough ride for for Phoenix. And at the end of the day, like it, it's just not. They underachieved. They they put all their cards in the middle of the table, thinking that Durant would get them over the top. And what happened is, you mortgaged your future. And you didn't get much of a present. I mean, I I I, I hear what people are saying that they have to achieve because they didn't win the chip. But after you gutted this team, I don't I don't know what you expected. I really I really don't. And like I get it, you got Kevin Durant and you you pair him with Booker. That should be enough with with Aiden and Chris Paul. But like 
they really they really did a number on their bench to to put this but, team together. And I just didn't know how it do a four series getting 16 wins was was going to be possible. I just don't see it. I really don't. I think this this next season is where they have to win. I didn't think this season was where they were going to win. I think next season. But to to that point, I don't, that's why I trade Aiden. I try to get as many assets as I can for a guy that's just not fit in. He hasn't fit in to me on this team. Even when it was just Booker and Chris Paul, they couldn't get his behind in gear, especially in the, in the finals against uh, – against the Bucks where he got abused. So, I, go ahead, Mike. No, but at the end of the day, though, I think that their expectations were delusional in getting Kevin Durant because I think they thought that he was going to be the piece that put them over the top, not realizing how important those supporting pieces are. You don't got the right supporting pieces in place. You got the prettiest house in the world. It's going to come crumbling, Right. Like, listen, right. if if the if the foundation, if, if, if the walls aren't strong, the house is coming down, right, at the end of the day. So uh, are they going to be able to do it next year? Who knows? I don't think so. And, you know, you uh, TP, you made the comment earlier that Chris Paul is a good table setter, but in the playoffs you're going to go hungry because he ain't going to be able to put nothing on that table because he's not going to be out there. <laughs> and, and, I mean, but just looking at it, like, I, once again, I'm looking at, you talk about getting rid of eight, but how many teams are going to give you a lot of pieces to get this guy uh, if they have the same thought on him that you do? The only thing that I could see happening, maybe, I'm going to circle back to you on this, villain. Maybe you trade DeAndre Aiden for Julius Randle. You better not, you better not bring that plate in my face. <laughs> you think I want? I want to trade one problem child for another one? <laughs> no, no. Seriously though, like here's the deal. Phoenix, they had that offer on their table years ago to get a, a year or two ago to get. Uh, well, it was earlier this year, right? To get Kevin Durant, and they said no. They said absolutely not. And then new management comes in, new ownership comes in. They want to make a splash. They think this is like uh, Madden, or they think this is fantasy basketball, and they made the deal. The other other managers did not want to make that deal because they knew Bridges and company were important to this team. New ownership, they don't care. They just want want the star attraction, and that's what they did. And you know what? And, And now Bonnie Williams is looking for a new job, possibly in in Phoenix, I mean in Phoenix, in um, in uh, Philadelphia. Who knows? Because that's that's the list of candidates that can, and Mike D'Antoni's name keeps coming. Why? Why? Why does he keep getting interviewed? I think Monty Williams. Uh, so the interesting thing about this is, uh, and I really don't want to give that uh, that other name any energy, but I'll answer it for you in a second. Start with TP on that one too, but. Uh, we'll see if he gets uh, a veteran team if he wants to coach. But I actually think that Monty Williams is a name uh, that could make some sense for the Detroit Pistons. And I say that because uh, you look at it like uh, his first year in Phoenix, they go 34 and 39. They win all their games in the bubble to start to get into the conversation. And that's when they make the trade for Chris Paul and they really jump up and make the finals the, the, the next year. There's a lot of young talent in Detroit. I'm not saying they got as many good pieces as what Phoenix had, but there's a lot of young talent there, that read and react type offense. Um, 
is is for kind of quick decisions and uh, helps get people involved. And Detroit is going to also have the cap room to where if they wanted to in the next year or two when these kids develop, they could try to swing a trade to bring a superstar in uh, to join some of these young guys to try to win, a la what happened in Phoenix a few years ago. And the one thing that you can say about Detroit, unlike some of these other organizations, is they've actually been pretty long on patience with their with their coaches. Uh, Dwayne Casey was, you know, had him uh, right in the playoffs one year, but had a few bad years in a row, and he made the decision to step down. Now they might have done it anyway, but he made the decision to step down. They gave Stan Van Gundy four seasons there. He didn't have any clue what he was doing after day five. So. Uh, you're going to have the room to try to really help these guys develop. TP, what do you think? Uh, On which portion of the conversation, like, where would you want me to start? Wherever you want to start, bro. Like, where do you think Monty Williams would be a fit? I just don't like the musical chairs of these coaches. That's what I'm I'm figuring. Like, this is what's going to happen. They're going to transition from city to city. Like, Doc may end up going somewhere. Monty's going to end up going somewhere. I don't like what they just did. I don't even think Nick Nurse should have lost his job at Toronto. Like, it's funny how these organizations are just pulling the trigger to appease people to get off of their backs. People don't like to sweat, you know? Like, tough situations build character, and and this don't build character for these teams right now. So, um, Monty Williams, uh, (laughs) I wouldn't even want to see him in New York. I don't even think he can handle New York from coming from Phoenix. Like, it's, it's <laughs> tough, but I know that these guys will end up getting jobs. They will, all of them, including Doc, which I feel like Doc's finished. But I, I know that this will carry them around. Even with you hitting on Mike and Tony, because there's no defense in this guy at all, um, they keep playing with him, <laughs> and this guy still has the same attitude around him. It's running gun basketball. Don't care if you guys make a score. We're going to score two right along with you. That's those days are over, but it's, it's still high potency offense. But you got to come up with some stops somehow, some way. So it's it's incredible the way that this you know scheme of things in basketball is going, especially with the coaches that are available at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Nick Nurse would probably. I think he'll be in Milwaukee. I feel like Monty might go to Detroit, but I think he he'd probably be better in. Um, and Philly, and then Budenholzer might go to Detroit. We'll see what happens. There'll be musical chairs, to your point. But I don't like we were talking about Monty being a terrific coach three years ago. He should have got the um, coach here when Tibbs got it, and now he's uh, he's looking for a job. It's kind of it's crazy to me. But um, you know, call number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. I want to get into John Morant. Then I want to talk about these two games, and then we can call it. Um, John Morant, you know, on Instagram Live, his friend's Instagram Live was seen brandishing a gun again, <clears throat> the second time in at least two months, um, and was suspended indefinitely by the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, you know, a stiffer punishment could come down. Uh, they talked to Adam Silver yesterday during the draft process, um, the draft lottery yesterday, and said he was he was shocked and. You know, tens of millions of people watch him around the world. And, you know, all the things that we know. He, John Morant came out with a statement today, said he takes full accountability and responsibility, or whatever, for his actions. Um, TP, I mean, there's a lot of rhetoric going on around in 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 on on.
online and, and on on sports shows and talk radio and what have you about the severity of the punishments that, that uh, John Morant should get or could get. Um, but, I mean, TP, I'd love to get your opinion first, and then, Mike, you can go ahead, and then I'm going to give my two cents. But what do you think this whole John Morant situation had? Where do we go from here? How do I say goodbye <laughs> to what is the good times that made your life? It outweighs your past. I this is the bad part. This is how rid of Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks just got kicked yeah. off the team by any means necessary. Any means mm-hmm. necessary. And your young tail just sat down with Adam Silver, and I feel like they were being so lenient, so super nice to you because you are a super nice kid and you're intelligent that they gave you, what, an eight-game suspension off the first That's situation. It, 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 okay, retroactivity, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You finish the season, and then you run it around with young guns that you should not be hanging around with if they want to live that life. I get it. I love music bigger than most of anybody I know. I'm not going to let one of my friends hype me up to the point where I'm pulling out a gun and you got a, a camera on me. No, no. Why? Why? What are you doing? Like, and that's like, and it's two sides of the fence. Like he can't have a gun on him. So like, this is what they hold against him, but he should be more responsible because you just sat down with these people. So everything counts. So it's like, I feel a certain way about how they're looking at him, but then I feel like, John, you're, you're a college graduate. It ain't even like you left school early. Like you, you got a head on your shoulders and you bought the mess up. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, I don't even like to look at money like that or, or people's pockets or what they bought to pull in, but this is a real opportunity that just happened within a month, twice. Within a month, or maybe two months. Let me let me just say two months to save face for you. Twice. Like, okay, so now you're going to face a double-digit suspension, and I don't think it's going to be one of those 10 or 20s. I think they're really going to go hard at him. So it could be like a 30, 40, 50, right? You guys mm-hmm. lost another big name on your roster and Dylan Brooks. What do the Grizzlies look like next year? Bane is – I like Bane a lot. So Bane is going to be the ammunition. Steven Adams is done. Like, ever since the Thunder got rid of him, he's been from team to team to team. He, and he sat out this yeah. year while you guys were running. Like, they, you guys needed a big. Do you count on Steven Adams to come up with 16 points a game? Like, because he's not even giving you that now. Like, so what is he going to do? Like, who is the other guy that, who Jared Jackson Jr., in the words of Biggie, ha, 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 like, yeah, he's playing defense here and there. He gets abused. He gets abused. Memphis is going to fall back into the cellar because of this stuff that happened to you, Ja. All of the jokes that people pick on him, I don't like it, but it warrants it because of what you did to yourself. People calling him Ja Wicks or one other, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible what they're doing to him, but it, but you're going to get this. This is what people are going to do to you, whether you're a good person, great character or not. They're going to come for you regardless. They they don't care about you. They don't. You heard what Michael Jackson said. They don't really care about us, and he meant it. So now I look at you, especially in a troubled city of Memphis where where young Dolph just got murdered, a rapper just got murdered down there. You know, I, I hope you know that. I, I hope yeah. you're aware of what guns are doing. I, like This is a, a, an era of mass shootings, like, 
there's been over 200 mass shootings. I don't even in, I don't even know if it's that many days in the, the year that went by that much. So so, what are you up to? Like, what are you seeing? Like, what? Where's your head? Like, your father's not even trying to be there to like father you. Like, and I don't even want to put this on T. Moran at all. I don't. I, like, John's grown. Like, you got a daughter. How do your daughter look at you? Like, how do you feel like you being a? There's so many different avenues I can go with John because I really like him as a player. I really like his persona on the floor and his player that he liked to look at. Growing up is like in him, but in a different version, and they both were clowns. He's a Russell Westbrook fan, and I saw every minute, ounce, and second of Russell Westbrook. And Russell would do some bonehead stuff, especially being a turnover king. Look who's following his path in a different direction. It ain't on the floor. It's outside the lines, and this is horrible. John, I'm disgusted, and, and I'm, I may not mean nothing to you in what I'm saying, but this is what the rest of the world is saying or, or the people that do care or give a crap about you. You're terrible right. at this point in time. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say you're terrible because that it's, that's a personal attack, right? But what you're doing is terrible. Why not? What, like, why you're, not? you're why? better than that. You're better why than not? that, dude. Like, why, why? You're a father. Like, you said it. Like, he has a You're a father. You're a father. Like, you're 23 years old. You're running around with your friends flashing a gun. Why aren't you home? Why? What are you doing? Like, Mike, go ahead. And then I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to speak on it. But, yeah, go ahead, Mike. So, so a couple names that pop out to me. Uh, Gilbert Arenas found himself out of the league behind this. Uh, And then a guy who was a marginal guy but was in Memphis when it happened to him. Uh, Look at Javaris Crittenden, another guy um, out of the league behind a lot of this stuff. Um, You know, Eddie Murphy said in one of his uh, commenters, I think it was in Delirious, he was like, you know, one time I tried to get tough. And I smacked and I said, I didn't want to do that, but you brought that shit on yourself. (laughs) Well, you know what, John? You brought this. You brought this on yourself. Um, now the rest of it was the, the lady said, "No, I didn't bring it on myself. Why don't you just go to sleep?" And he was like, "I got so scared, I left." But uh, no. But at the, at the end of the day, like he, he did bring this on himself. And then listening, reading the comments from the commissioner yesterday when he spoke on yeah. this, he said, "He said I was shocked. I was shocked and blown away by this because." We had a meeting back in March, and we spent the majority of this meeting discussing the consequences of it, and I really believed from that meeting that he really uh, accepted accountability and accepted, like, and was remorseful and really saw the seriousness of his actions. And we talked about, he even said, we talked about, like, what guns are doing and, and what kind of images portrays off the court and what kind of you know, role model that's being to the community and this kind of stuff and, and, you know, all the different effects and how, you know, people have lost their lives just playing around with guns and all this kind of stuff. And we talked about how the consequences and the implication of this goes well beyond basketball. And he really seemed engaged and understandable and, and showed contrition, right, for these actions. And so th- that's the thing that gets me the most, Barry, is at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, you say you checked yourself into a clinic and got counseling and came back and talked to people. But nowadays, I mean, listen, he comes back. 
and he says that, you know, he accepts accountability and he accepts this and that and this. At the end of the day, it's going to be like Penn C told all those rappers from Atlanta when he said they were talking about those fake prices. He said, I don't believe you. And at the end of the day, you, you, you've lost your, you've lost your uh, credibility. You can make a mistake once, but then when you go do it again and now you come back and you express, you know, that you've grown from this or whatever and that, that you know, you're, this isn't going to happen again, it's really hard to believe that credibility. I would not be surprised, two things, if this guy is gone until the All-Star break. I think you're going to see a very significant suspension behind this. And I also think that guys like Bain and guys like Jaron Jackson and guys that are there, these are the guys that need to be on these on these ads for Memphis. John Morant's a special talent, and I hope that he finds a way to get it together and get back on the court. But he's not a team leader. You may be a point guard, but you're not a team leader. You're not a role model. You're not an example. You're not a thing for people to follow. And I don't know – I don't know how you rehab this image. And even if you do all the right things from here on out and take all the right steps and the evidence does not show me that that's going to be the case, but even without any missteps at all, you're talking about what, because of the second chance that you were given and because of what you did with it and how quickly you basically uh, took a dump on it, it, with no missteps at all, it's going to take you years to re- to to restore that credibility. And I, that might sound harsh, but there's 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 no room for this uh, in this day and time. And like once again, love the player. And you know, you mentioned his father, and I know that he is an adult and he's accountable for his own actions. But at the end of the day, his brother, his father's too busy being a fanboy. Instead of actually, uh, instead of actually holding him, you know, trying to mentor him and trying to show him the way, and and it's quite sad because if if, we're, if he's not careful, you're going to see another super talented guy, another remarkable talent, and a possible generational player, his career get go down the tubes. And at the end of the day, and it's my last thing, and I'm going to step back and I'm let you speak on this, but at the end of the day. It, it goes beyond basketball to me, right? Like, I, I care about him as a basketball player. I would like to see him on the court. But, like, you know, if you're not careful, you you can mess around and let your life go down the tubes. To hell with your basketball career. You know, the problem is that that people are coming out here and saying is that, you know, Tennessee is an open carry and, you know, no – you know, no license needed to carry, blah, 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 all that stuff. He didn't break any laws. He didn't break any bylaws in the NBA by having a gun, blah, blah, blah. Let's be clear. If his name wasn't John Morant, he'd be kicked off the team by now, right? Like, you you rattled off two names already because of gun violence, right, or gun, just gun incidents, right? What? Gilbert Arenas flashed a gun on a plane, but I mean, if he wasn't John Morant, he would be gone by now, and he would have been kicked off the team. If if he, if I would have kicked him off the team if it was my team. I, I gotta be a buck. But it's like, okay, 
you have to you have to step back and say, oh, he didn't break laws. I don't care. You, because there is a a rule in the bylaws that says detrimental to conduct detrimental to the league. That's conduct detrimental to the league, and you did it twice in 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 two months. And people people you know wanted to say, oh. You should have been more sensitive. You don't know what he's going through the first time. He went to rehab, but he only went to rehab for like a day or two, maybe a couple days, and then was back at it on the court. Like, so what did you, what did change you time? And you said all the right things in front of Adam Silver, blah, 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 but then you went right back to doing what you wanted to do. That's the problem. I wouldn't be shocked that, I'm not shocked that he was flashing a gun. I, I would be shocked because you sat in my face and you lied. And said you 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 would change men and all this stuff, but you ain't changed nothing. And that's what gets me. As a father, I'm a father. I got girls and, and, and boys. And, and and as a father, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, you didn't you didn't have yourself in a situation where you broke a law, but you don't know where that situation leads to. You know, it's all yeah. The hypothetical is it shouldn't be a part of the suspension, but the hypothetical is what. Is going to happen if you don't stop this kid right now to save him from himself. Because obviously his team, his family aren't doing it. That's the problem. Like TP alluded to the millions of dollars that he lost. Do you know how much money he really lost? Do you know how much he really lost by, 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 by this whole incident, both incidents? He could lose... He lost like what under like six hundred thousand dollars in fines or, or or not being paid from when he got suspended. He just lost about what almost forty million dollars from not making the All NBA team, which he probably would have made if he didn't get that. He lost that money, and then he he could lose all his endorsement deals behind this. Kyrie Irving got suspended for not apologizing. You don't think they would suspend this kid for flashing a gun on Instagram? It wasn't like TMZ found him. He is on Instagram, his own Instagram. You don't think Gatorade or Nike would drop him in a heartbeat? That's the problem. And it's like, dude, I don't care if no laws were broken, nobody was hurt. If, if the NBA has an image to uphold, they're trying to, they got to sell this league to sponsors and invest all that kind of stuff. And you got your your star player flashing a gun when the in the world where I can't even I'm afraid to go to the mall where is out of fear of getting shot my kids getting shot to go in the mall and this guy's flashing a gun like it's nothing I don't care if politicians don't do anything politicians don't play in the NBA it does, that's not what we're talking about Second Amendment rights and politicians not caring and all that stuff you know, family pictures with their kids holding it. No, no, that's not, that's, that's two different things. This is John Morant not being responsible, acting like a kid, acting like you, you, you're not hard. TP, you, you got friends killed in jail. What have you? I know people, I got family members that were in jail. That's not a life you want to live. They, they tried not to get us to live that life. And you try your best to get into that life. That's the problem. That's what that's name what John Morant needs to understand. Good. Name name one person in the hood to play like that. That's what I skew yeah, last exactly. uh, Chris talked exactly. about it. And at the end of the day, how many times you ever heard people say also like, 
Don't pull it if you don't intend to use it. You're exactly. gonna be in the wrong situation. You're gonna be in the wrong situation, and you're gonna pull it just because you think you're showing off being some kind of uh, show off. Because you man, you ain't really about that life, and you're gonna end up catching a slug. Like you don't understand. Like you're gonna go up against that one person that got nothing to lose that, that doesn't care. Doesn't care. They're just gonna look at you and like. How can I get some money out of this, dude? How can I get my name on, on you? Smarten up, man. You're a dad. You're a dad. You got to – it's deep, man. I, I think he should be – me, personally, I think the eight-game suspension that was back paid or whatever was light. He got off light the first time. Adam Silver has a problem. He's too friendly with these players. It's a player's league, and he's trying to – Work with these guys, with the players to make money off the league, dude. You need to be, stop being a friend, just like his daddy, and you need to come down hard on this kid. And it's not punishing a 23-year-old for not committing a crime. It's setting a message that this is not how you represent the league. Flashing a gun—that's not how you represent an organ, a private entity. If I did that, I'd probably be fired from my job. Okay. If I did some crap like that and my job found out about it, what, what you're not obligated to play in the NBA. It's it's a privilege. It's not a right. You got to represent the league. It's a player's league. They use you to market the league. You got to. That's not marketable. Holding a gun. They got rid of the Washington Bullets because it wasn't marketable. Let's just think about that. CP, anything you add before before I switch gears before so we can uh, close the kitchen? No, no, switch gears, please, please. I, I feel like we've been kicking this can all around a dog on kitchen. Come on, switch it, switch it, please. Switch it. <laughs> I got and since we got Mike here, let's talk about the Lakers, man. First of all, how are the the Heat, man? How how do they just keep doing it, man? They just, I don't know if Boston's that dumb or the Heat just. Well coached team, well coached team, but the the Joker led the, the what is that? It's crazy that Eric Spoelstra has never won Coach of the Year. He got, I mean, people thought just because he had LeBron and uh, you know when he had LeBron and Wade and Bosh, whatever. But mm. uh, that that guy's a legit coach, uh, and I think uh, you know it, we got to tip our hat. Absolutely, he's he's a he's a terrific coach. But speaking of last night's game, that the the Denver Nuggets came out early, punched the Lakers in the mouth. The Lakers made it a game in the second half, but came up a little short. Lost the game one thirty two to one twenty six. Everybody's trying to trying to flip it like you know the Lakers should be encouraged and blah blah blah. But I mean, I saw a, a Nuggets team play three quarters like like a team possessed and really punch the Lakers in the mouth. Mike, real quick, I've, what I've do you think about the Lakers seen, down 0-1? I, well, first of all, I've never seen a first quarter where a team just got that that outplayed. Denver came with all the energy, all the effort. It was mm-hmm. it was crazy. Like just as a couple stats, I, I said these uh, in our in our group offline. I said it earlier today in the barbershop. shop, uh, but at the end of the first quarter. The rebounding edge was twenty-two to six for the Denver Nuggets. Mm. Rebound, and Joker had twelve. 
He had twice as many rebounds as the entire other team, and it was nine to one on the glass, right on the offensive glass. I mean, that's crazy. First of all, like for them to have somehow found a way to be down twelve, like Austin Reeves, like hitting shots late just to try to give. I feel like that whether it's superficial or not. I feel like the Lakers have to have some some confidence going back into game two because they took everything Denver had and somehow climbed back with a way. I, I mean, late in that game, it legit looked like they possibly had a chance to pull that out, which would have been absolutely crazy. I mean, because if you're Denver and somehow you had found a way to lose that game, you would have almost felt like you had to mail it in, right? But I, I think yeah. this game two is an essential game. For the Lakers, they got to get one in Denver. Uh, but looking at it, you know, Anthony Davis dropped 40. Anthony Davis is kind of a where's Waldo sometimes in the playoffs on the offensive end. Usually his defense is pretty good if he's on the court. Uh, but, you know, his offense is kind of inconsistent. So, I mean, you got 40 from him. Can you get 40 again? I, I, I don't know. I feel like that – they finally found a couple things that really worked as far as letting Anthony Davis play free safety back there, check him when he came in, but let Achimura chase him on the perimeter. Uh, the, you're going to see a couple lineup adjustments. Uh, so we'll see what happens I, in the first, second quarter, and even at times in the third quarter, like you said, for three quarters, it looked bad. Uh, like I, I just looked at this and said, this is overly uh, like, we just look overmatched and I'm, I'm going to have to watch it because I'm a true fan, but I feel like I'm just going to be looking at a, 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 you know, a wreck uh, for the next week. Uh, but, you know, there's at least some hope uh, after game one. I feel like, you know, there's some confidence there. So uh, you kind of had them reeling, but we'll learn a lot tomorrow night. I, I believe we'll learn a lot tomorrow night on, on you know, how how these teams adjust. But at the end of the day, and I said this on Sunday with TP, Lakers are playing with house money. I, hope, I don't want to see them get embarrassed, and I, and I want to see them bounce back and, and see if they can pull this out. Uh, but it looked real bad for a while, and somehow, some way, they were able to scratch back and make it really close. So I'm at least encouraged by that. Yeah, I mean, you could be encouraged by it, but I mean, like, like, like you said, they got bullied. They don't have the size like they did before to handle Denver. But you know, Denver, you know, has a short bench, so I don't. I just, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. But I think the adjustment that the Lakers made was positive. But I don't know, man. I don't know if they can. They they played some small teams so far in the playoffs in, in Golden State and Memphis. You know, Denver's not small. Denver's got size. They got length. They can. They can. They can give the Lakers some fit. TP, what'd you see in that game last night? Oh man, it's a tale of two halves, man. Denver came out mm. with that high altitude and, and carrying that that fandom with them. And as soon as they put Joker on the bench, it's like the Lakers took advantage of it and knew how to defend them. Um, they would live with. Jokic settling at the top of the key trying to shoot a jumper or make his way to the paint instead of him sitting on the block the same way we looked at Embiid. That's what hurt them. And um, when he came into the game, it was like a little too late, but that deficit was so big that the Lakers really couldn't overcome it. So I do tip my hat for what the Nuggets were able to do in the first half. But the second half, I think that's what worried me. Game two means everything for the Nuggets at this point in time. If they lose game two, the Lakers will be in the finals, and it may be a potential 
Celtics Lakers final for the however many time in NBA history. Yeah, I mean, I think the game two is huge for both teams. For Lakers, they got to even the series. They got to get a game in, in Denver. But Denver's only lost what seven games at home this season. They're they're a monster at home, so. It's going to be a tall task, but the Lakers they have to get one game and then get it back to LA. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I think the Lakers' adjustments were huge. Uh, Darvin Ham give him a lot of credit. Made some really good adjustments. But you know, listen, it's on tape now. So Malone has a day to, to regroup and, and he can make his own adjustments. I think the Lakers, not the Lakers, the, the Nuggets got caught in some pick and rolls where they left Austin Reeves open. Um, you know, running pick and rolls with LeBron and Austin Reeves, you know, proved to be really beneficial for them. So I'm sure Denver will make adjustments off of that. That's the easy adjustment. Um, Jokic is going to be Jokic. He's going to get his numbers, but I think the Lakers are probably now they're saying we need that. We need to go. They had a smaller lineup to Mike's point. They got beat up on the boards in the, especially in the first quarter, because they thought they could run out there with a small lineup. Hope cannot be out there. Not Pope. Um, um, Schroeder can't be out there on the starting unit. He's got to come off the bench. They need Hushamore to start. They need size. They got to be able to, to to contend with that. And then they have to go ahead and say, you know what, we gotta we gotta be more aggressive. We gotta hit the board. So um, Denver's got the they got the horses. It's gonna be an interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see the chess moves that happen in game two. Um, and I and I think it's going to go be at least six or seven games. I think Denver's going to take the series, but I think it's going to be a long series uh, out west. Uh, any anything you guys? I mean, I don't know if you guys are watching this Miami Boston game. I just don't understand it, man. I just don't understand it. TP, anything you're seeing in this Boston series, uh, game right now? Uh, no, nothing necessarily. I mean, it's going to be a battle regardless. I mean, it's. It's a test of two men right now that really got to prove themselves that, or who wants to ring more between Butler or Tatum. And um, I really like what Butler's doing. Butler had to prove it to me this season. Like last season they were on a run and Miami did well, but this season I didn't expect Miami to do this good. And where Butler is situated, I, I tip my hat. Tatum showed up late in that series. Like, yes, you know he's going to come out there and give you points, but the way that he turned it on, you know, in that game seven, I, I think I continue. I, I hope he continues it. So it's a battle of both of these guys who really wants to get to the finals again because both of them have been there, both of them have lost in the finals. Who's ready to do it this time and bring it back to the East Coast? So um, it's going to be the test of their will. But I feel, I feel like Boston will take care of business at home, whether if it gets tight, basketball's a game of runs. But I think it's going to be a house of horror for Miami up here in Boston, at least game one. Game two, they should be able to try and surprise them, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jason Tam can't have nights off. He's the best player on the court and arguably in the league. He can't He can't take He can't take games off. He can't bad games. He has to bring it every night. He has to be consistent. When he, the Boston goes as he goes. And when he has bad games, Boston has bad games. They can't afford that. He has to be that dude every night. I'm sorry. If you don't, if it means getting easier shots and, and making other players better around you, then do that. You got to do that as the best player in, on the team and one of the better players in the league. You know what I mean, Mike? What do you what do you have on Boston and, and Miami? I'll be I'll be honest with you. Uh, I feel like 
I feel like Boston's a better team. I feel like Spolster's a better coach. And Jimmy Butler may be the more clutch player. So we'll see uh, if somehow uh, they can get enough done around him. This should be Boston series uh, to win. I feel a lot like uh, with Miami, the same way I feel with the Lakers. In a lot of ways, they're playing with house money. And in a lot of ways, a team with nothing to lose can be very dangerous, though. So so we'll see. I agree with you. Uh, Tatum can't really have nights off. And, but it's going to take uh, it's going to take both Tatum and Brown playing well um, for this team to get where they want to go. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every time I look, like Lowry's hitting a three, man. I just that guy, man. He's just, I don't know what it is, but he's he's a gamer. He really is a gamer, Kyle Lowry. So Miami's tough. They're not going to be an easy win, you know. So. Boston's got to, they got to come with it, and they can't, they can't, they can't relax because they had a ten point lead. They, I don't know if they relaxed, but you look up and and, and Miami took the lead right away. So that's what's going to happen. Last night was the draft lottery, though, and it it almost went to, it completely chalk, and then the Pistons dropped all the way to the fifth fifth spot. Uh, Portland stuck up in the in the top four, but the the sweepstakes uh, went to the the San Antonio Spurs. They got the number one pick, and and all but likely will be picking Victor Wembyama out of France uh, in the draft in the coming months. So, TP, I mean, I think the fix was in. That's just me. Pop Pop Greg Popovich, like I said in our off light chat, is like. Uh, He's like Jordan Belfort in, in, in The Wolf of Wall Street. I ain't leaving. I ain't fucking leaving this guy down, so he ain't going nowhere. Um, TP, what do you what do you think about uh, the, the draft lottery, and, and, and what do you think about the prospect that is Victor Webbiano? Well, like I said, I am an 80s baby, and I listen to music in the 90s, the golden era of music. There's a song. That came out around 1997, produced by Dr. Dre, but it was from the East Coast. And the name of the song was called I'm Leaving. And this is the Nori and Nature version. That's right. If you didn't hear it, it's a banger. Uh, Desperado type music. And um, I don't care what Pop sees with Wimbiamba, he's done in about two seasons. Pop, is, his system is not going to work. Um they're going to need a new coach. Wimbiamba is a sensation, but what he's been able to do in other divisions and things like that, he won't be able to do at a consistent basis in the league until he gets his feels in the NBA. I don't think this happens as soon as he hits the ground. He, he, he has the potential to do it, but Pop needs more than just him. Like, they can load up on him. There's no dead-arm shooters in, in San Antonio no more. They lost DeJounte Murray. They they lost uh, Lonnie Walker, who we've been speaking about. They lost so many different pieces. They still have to build around him. This is going to take a while. And um, Wimbiamba is not your Tim Duncan. He's, he's a different type of unicorn, but they need to put pieces around him. The Spurs still will probably be at the bottom of the West or at least 10th. I, I don't think they just come in here screaming and get to the, the fourth and up, like fourth seed, third or second. I don't think that that happens. He's a, He's a great talent. But we we have to wait and see if, if Pop can last this because Pop is looking like he's gassed already. Pop is up there. Pop is in his 70s. Like, how long do you want him to coach for? So, 
I, I don't know how long he's going to be there, but he'll be leaving soon. I, I think they're going to have to find somebody else. They already try to bring Becky Hammond in there. There's so many different names that they try to throw in there. Tim Duncan potentially could be the guy. I doubt it. But, um, no, I think I think Pop's time is, is coming soon. And, and like I said, this could be a two- to three-year window, but Pop is older. I, I really want to look up how old Pop is at this time before I start thinking Pop extends his career another five to seven seasons. I don't I don't see that. And that's, that's when he's really going to start getting it when Victor's at that age to start dominating the league. At least LeBron and them will be out of his way, and then he could try and do what he can within the Western Conference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, okay. I, I mean, the, the hype, 74, that's, yeah, thanks. The hype is there, but I don't, I mean, I don't know. Do you think, do you think he's going to be that good? I mean, they're trying to say he's the, the greatest prospect to come out, come into the draft ever. Like, I mean, really? Like, great, num, greatest number one prospect ever? Like, ever? Um, but what do you think, TP, real quick, do you think, do you think the, the hype is there? He's awesome, but like they say this all the time, Barry. Like, like, okay, Kobe was the next Jordan. Harold Miner was the next Jordan. Um, you know, like how, how many people are they going to keep doing this to? They they want to just keep putting seats, butts in the seats, and so on and so forth. Enough of you trying to sell people to be better than yesteryear. Let these guys come in here and do what they got to do. Is he going to be better than LeBron? I don't think he's going to no. be better than LeBron. No. So like, cut it out. Like these these, these people are going absolutely crazy. Like, I think he's going to be better than Kareem. Like, Kareem came in here and had that record stand for 40 years. Like, it took a player to come straight out of high school and play consistently and not take any really devastating injuries to catch him. And Captain put up six rings, too. Like, the Spurs have to keep that management of Pop's, you know, orchestra going, even if Pop leaves. Pop's 74. Pop is almost 80. Like, what? what no, stop this. Like, these people got to slow down. Slow down, and then and then to mess with with Mike, like what's what's going? People, let him come and be himself. Like, stop always trying to compare this to everybody else to start an argument point because that'll be me entertaining this argument and going back and forth with a debate if Victor Wembyamba was better than Magic, if Victor Wembyamba was better than Kareem, if Victor Wembyamba was better than Jordan. Like, like, stop! This is enough is enough. Let him come out here and get to year six before you start saying he's the best thing that they've seen since sliced bread. Enough is enough. Mm. I got two music I mean, for you. Mm. But, but go ahead, Barry. You first. No, I got you. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to tee it up for you guys. No, Jack, Jack Johnson said years ago, slow down, everyone. You're moving too fast. And then about 10 years previous to that, Snoop Dogg told everybody in one of his lesser-known songs, he said, pop your brakes. Because at the end of the day, like, slow your roll, you know, like, you know. Uh, does he is this kid super talented? Yes. Uh, is he kind of different than any talents we've seen before? Yes. But what makes him that? Just because he's tall? Just because he can shoot it from outside? Uh, listen, I think this guy has the the potential to have a really big career. Um, it is going to be the meat of his career. It is going to be with a different coach. What I will say is this: very few cities have cultivated, or very few franchises have cultivated international talents uh, to the extent of the San Antonio Spurs. You look at – you had Duncan, you had uh, Bruce Bowen and a couple guys, but they, they always had those international pieces that went with them, you know, Ginobili, Tony Parker, other guys. Uh, and San Antonio is a city 
that they have a little bit of nightlife, but this isn't New York. This isn't L.A. This isn't a city with a ton of temptations. It's a fairly big city, but compared to a lot of the other big cities in this country, it's kind of a sleepy city as well. So not as many distractions in a city to where you can, uh, you know, you can kind of really grow up and sort of uh, – get your legs under you and whatever else. And this team has a long way to come back. They're not in the playoffs next year. They're not in a couple of years. Uh, but, you know, this this is a, a a soft landing spot for this kid to go into and, and try to get off, you know, to a start and develop his, uh, his skills in the NBA or, you know, show his skills in the NBA. But it's a long-term – it's a long-term project. We already talked about how many good teams are in the Western Conference, so uh, it'll take a while. Uh, but best ever, come on, dog, like get out of here. Yeah, I mean, I the hype is real. The hype is out of control for this kid, and it's like just let him be, man. Like let let the kid breathe. Like why do we? Why does he have to be like the the best prospect? Better Kareem lost like. I don't even know if he lost a game. Maybe, maybe one or two. He won three national championships in college and came into the to the pros. Like nobody's ever going to be that hyped. Even LeBron wasn't as hyped as, as Kareem. I mean, LeBron was hyped, but nobody came in with that kind of resume coming out of college or coming out of you know into the into the pros at that level. So the hype for Victor is like out of control. Let him be. I think he he is a prospect. I think he's going to get bullied in the league, but I think he's going to have nights where he puts up numbers and he's going to be a special player. Um, I, he's got to fill out seven five. You know, it scares the crap out of me because I've seen it Porzingis. Like he, he's got to get bigger, he's got to get stronger. But you know, the hype can be there. The hype he can play, but like let's. You got you got that brake fluid in my head right now, Mike. He's like, just just pump your brakes, you hoe. You know, like just sexy, sexy. You just got to chill. Just just be easy. You know what I mean? Like, like just let the kid be. But yeah, like everybody's all over this kid, and the lottery was crazy. Um, fell back to I think number number four. I think it was. Um, yeah, I think they're so, four. You know. Yeah, they're four, so, um, you know, but there's some good prospects coming into this draft. Victor is one. Um, Brandon uh, Brand Miller out of Alabama. Um, the two, the twin kids, um, I can't remember their names. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, God, I just, I just Harris like the kids. Like I had to look it up. Harris, Harrison, something like that. It's yeah. common. It's a fairly common last name. Speaking of Brandon Miller, yeah, yeah. going to be a lot of heat. Speaking of Brandon Miller, there's going to be a lot of heat around him. When he first gets into the league, because all that gun stuff happened to him in college. But you know, everybody's kind of vetted him, and 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 they really kind of they really said that um, it, he he it was no fault, uh, it, and how he's handled the situation is is spoken a lot about his character. So um, that's what I've heard. Now I don't know if that's true. We'll see. But I mean, you got. Victor, you got Brandon Miller, who I really liked. Um, Scoot Henderson, um, another kid. I think he's an elite. Um, one of the, the G League teams, or what have you. The Thompson Twins is their names. Amen and Sur. Um, Cam Whitmore out of Villanova is really good prospect. Chase Walker um, from Houston. So there's some there's some pretty solid um, kids on here. Jordan Hawkins should have stayed in college. I don't, <laughs> 
I don't even know if he cracks a lot. He probably cracks the back after the lottery, but should have went back to school. TP, uh, any prospect that you like to see before we get out of here? I don't want to say his name, but he's going to end up somewhere, man. I want to see what Zach Eady do. Y'all talking about somebody that's seven foot four? I got somebody that's seven foot four right along with him, and I hope he fall to us. But we the twelfth pick. I doubt it. I, we need a big like him, but he was going crazy and National Player of the Year type stuff. I mean, he's seven four. Can use both hands. Can score at the rim. Can shoot free throws. He has touch. Incredible. Whatever team gets him, he's a gem. I hope he falls to us, but um. Wemby Amma's not the only seven foot four player that's out there. That that and I hope Zach stays quiet. But there's no way the noise that he made the past two seasons. And um incredible kid. And he's Canadian. You don't really get too many Canadians other than Shea and Steve Nash and, and Lou Dort. Thunder. But uh you know, it, it makes sense to me. But let's get it popping. I I really think Zach Eady's the one, you know, the next name for me that I like in there. I mean, I don't see him high on the board, so I think you if, if you might be able to get him. I I, I don't see I I I don't know. Like it's kind of weird the way the 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 best available has kind of popped up for me. Like he's not in the top twenty. He's not in the top twenty five. So, but he's definitely a, a top five center prospect. So we'll see. I, I think that's an interesting pick too. Uh, might anybody you like to see before you know before we close up here? I don't know if he's there. He probably's on mute. But um, yeah, listen, Jordan Hawkins should have stayed in college, man. I I, I think he can. I think yeah. he can play in the NBA. Um, but it I'm sorry, crazy. I was talking on mute. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I, I, you mentioned the Henderson kid. Uh, he's a kid I'm really interested uh, to see. And then, you know, one of the interesting things to me is to just see if there's a guy who just sort of falls through the cracks, like middle of the round. Where does this kid from Purdue fall? And is, are there uh, kids that fall through the cracks, end up mid, late in the round, that kind of end up, uh, you know, making a difference at this next level? Um, but, you know, it's always fun to watch the draft. I'll be honest with you, this uh, the, the NBA draft, because of its, how short it is in, in nature with just a couple rounds or whatever, um, it, it's probably uh, – it, it's harder for me, to, way harder for me to get into it and get get as deep into the weeds in it as it is the NFL draft, which we jumped into a few weeks ago, shameless plug, uh, for all of our shows there. But, uh, yeah, I'd like the, – the only other thing that I want to say real quick on this on this Victor kid that we, we talked about, you hit on it, Barry, the injuries. Uh, when a guy hasn't developed, and even when they're a little bit older, uh, you know, think about how much Yao got hurt early on, and even when he was able to kind of get his career back together. But another tall guy who had clearly had skills. Yao was a very skilled big man, but carrying that, carrying that all, you know, over the course of an entire NBA season. This isn't a thirty-game international season anymore. Or whatever he's been playing, you know, in the little bush leagues or the kid leagues or whatever. This ain't high school cause or semi-pro or Euro basketball. This is 82 games, a grind. And so how his body takes it is going to be really interesting. So uh, hopefully if he has to fight through some of those injuries, he'll make it if he doesn't end up, uh, you know, sidelined as much like Embiid or some other big men that we've talked about previously. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the Scoop Henderson kid, though. I'm, I'm curious to see the twins. I like Brandon Miller as well. And then you hit on the kid from, uh, you hit on the kid from Villanova. 
that I really like as well. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of talent coming out and, you know, I, I think just like in football and just like in, on, in other sports, uh, but I think fits everything. Right. So, uh, you know, I, there'll always be somebody unsung that either does something really well, like uh, is a really good defensive guy, a really good three point shooter that finds a way to stick. A la say uh, Herb Jones, who's made a big difference for the Pels. So uh, those are the guys that really interest me when it comes draft time. So I'll get a better feel once yeah. we start seeing guys guys drafting and see where they fit. Yeah, when Knicks don't have a draft pick, it's kind of hard to watch. So we'll see how we'll see what happens. But the, I can't believe the, the, the Heat are probably going to win this game. I can't believe it. Um, Long series, long series. But, Mike, thanks for calling in, man. Give us a plug when we get out of here. Yeah, man, real quick, sportscitychefs.com. Check out the blog sites, everything we got going on. Uh, my brother from another mother, TP, and I do the Sunday morning, uh, timeless Sunday morning brunch, uh, 11 Eastern. Uh, we're going to have another football show coming up this Tuesday. Call us Cookout is our show on Wednesdays. I'll try to get Chandler back in the building with me tomorrow night and see if we can do another roundtable gumbo. Check out everything we're doing. And listen, uh, we had to uh, get a new coat of paint and get some other things going on. But uh, the barbershop house is going to be up and running uh, on Clubhouse. So come by, check us out, see what we're doing there. Uh, TP and I are going to be, uh, be holding that down. Uh, welcome in any and all that want to come in and chop it up with us. We talk about sports, life, comfortable, uncomfortable conversations, things that people do want to hear and sometimes don't want to hear. But, uh, it's all out there, so come join us and be part of the barbershop community. Uh, we're always looking for uh, people who bring some uh, insight and come in. Barry, come by. Jump in the shop with us sometime, even on your way home or something. Just come in and uh, and chop it up for a few minutes sometime or pop in during a live game. Even if you got to mute us because you got family things going on at times and just put us in your ear or something. Uh, come be part of what we're doing and, uh, and check out the barbershop on Clubhouse, man. Don't forget about PHI Apparel. Promo code chefs to check out to get that fifteen percent off, man. Uh, but shout out to you, villain man. Always a pleasure doing a show with you, uh, TP. You know what it is, man. Without you, I wouldn't be here, man. All love and respect. Shout out to Sirius Chandler, uh, all the other chefs in the building, man. Until next time, which will hopefully be tomorrow night. And if not, I'll see you guys Sunday morning. But ladies, they lay bonds on roulette. Peace. Yeah, yeah, oh, by yeah, the yeah. way, Ryan Acuna, uh, four I mean- home runs in four games. I love Acuna, man. My second favorite player in the league. Um, but, you know, listen, I, I work from home, so I, there's no there's no commute for me. So it's just that I'm I'm always working. I'm I'm usually in a meeting or something. I I rarely have time to 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 think during the day. So, um, but yeah, I listen to the barbershop, man. They do good stuff over there. TP and, and those guys always do. Um, yeah. Shout out to PHI Apparel. Get to their website. Get the Philly stuff that's probably on discount right now because <laughs> I love it. Philly always loses. Cool, I love man. it. Uh, but, uh, you get, you know, get you. Yeah, I know. I know. So hateful. Apparel, uh, man. They always do good. They always do right by us, man. So um, shout out to those guys, man. And, and yeah, man, we're we're on all week, man. So check us out, man. And make sure you. Uh, you watch some sports so you can be up to, to snuff with the chef because we always cook and we always got something to do. Um, TP, you know what to do, man. Get us out of here, man. Get us out of here. Wait, but you know who's worse than you? You know what's more terrible than you? Why Why what you don't that? like more baseball players than what Mike is in? Because the Yankees are cheaters. These dudes cheat. 
Cheat, cheat, they cheat. cheat. Another cheating, another cheating tactic he, by the New the York Yankees. I didn't get to talk the about the Yankees cheating in baseball. Wait, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You told me, excuse me, excuse me. I didn't break the whole thing. I didn't break the whole thing. Excuse me, excuse me. I didn't break the whole thing. Excuse me. He even said it. He even said it. He said he was dipping in pitches. Hold on. I'm not even talking about that. Wait, I'm not just talking about Judge. What about Domingo? You, you got he got something on his hands. Cheating. You guys are cheating. <laughs> it's important. You have the audacity. Excuse me, can I can I say what I'm whatever? This is the truth. Who's lying? Me or you? I'm telling you facts. These are facts. Okay. I'm tired of these dudes getting away with having a ton of money and they cheating from Johnson to to Caulfield to to you name it. Everybody who comes with that thing too. Gino and Bernie Williams and Tino Martinez are probably the only ones I respect y'all. The only ones and Mo, man. And Mo, that's about, Joe DiMaggio. That's, 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 that's about the rest of it. But the rest of y'all, y'all all cheat. Cheaters. Cheaters. I, 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 I can't listen in the words of Mike Singletary. I want, in, the, in the words of Mike Singletary, I want winners. I can't win with them. And you, and you see, and this is karma because they, they, they up here stumbling. And they got to cheat. Judge looking at the dugout to see if they throwing fastballs and stuff. These dudes cheat, and they got the nerve to talk about the Astros, and he ain't want to talk about it. Y'all see this? Y'all see this, Sports City? Y'all see? Y'all see what Barry do? The, the villain. He. This is the one. Number one. The number one villain is him. So, so we're gonna rest on that note. I'm gonna just chill to it. This is what happens in Sports City. I, I like. I told you I could cook. I can cook. Believe me, I give him some stuff. He don't. He won't even let me do what I got to do. He told me to close out. I can't. But I got to talk. I told you. I started the show off on this. I got to talk. Tell him how I feel. I got to talk about this game as I see it. So it's worth it. Y'all stick around. Check us out. Like Barry said, all week long. PHI apparel. He picking on PHI. But we could pick on the boogie down Bronx. We could pick on Manhattan. We could pick on man. We could, man. Don't even get me started with this. Peace talking to you right now. Okay. So y'all already know how this go down, Sports City. Let's have a little fun and close out the night the best way we can. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the Seth again. And if y'all didn't know, now y'all know. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. Kaboom. Sports City Chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune. Blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom. The clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention. Tune in. We on the set again. Sports City. Sports City. Chefs. Chefs. Sports City. Sports City. Chefs. Chefs. Yeah. Cat. Todd. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Connecticut. Uh.